0: Good evening. Today is Tuesday, July 26th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's step is step 10, and our speaker tonight is Marie J. Thank you so much, Marie. Take
1: it. (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me. I love this meeting. I'm not on it very often, but I did get to speak. Uh, another time and I had so many outreach calls. It was so nice and I have relationships with people in the room and it's just really, it's terrific. It's a great meeting. So congratulations to all who make it happen and and keep coming, showing up, right? So my name is Marie J and I am in Colorado, where it is lovely, 82 and sunny and beautiful. Just got back from a week long vacation yesterday, so I'm still a little fuzzy and foggy because I don't get to take uh, take long vacations because I'm in real estate. So I hope that I'm I hope that I'm hope that I'm clear today. But I'm not in charge anyway, so it's surrendered. Um, to qualify, I've been around the rooms for 30 years, 30 plus years. It was it was sometime in the late 80s. And, um, nine years ago, I started seriously working this program. I was not, um, really into the big book, although I read it way, way back when, because my sponsor at the time was AA. And, um, and so I read it, but I read it like a story. And nine years ago, when I got into OA, I became a serious big book thumper. So I love all the, the big book meetings that have risen up over the The last nine years because it's really certainly changed my life. Um, I listened to the speaker from last night who did such a nice job on the 10th step. And so I thought my approach tonight would be a little more philosophical rather than going through specifically how I fill out the forms and things like that. So um, that's the approach I'm going to take tonight, kind of the underlying thinking around the 10th step. And so the first thing I came up with was, why the hell do we do a 10th step, right? Why do we do a fourth step? Why do we do any of these steps? But why do we do a 10th step? And in on page 25 of the big book, in There is a Solution, it says, it's just one of my favorite lines in the big book, almost None of us liked the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. Every single word in that sentence is so critical. You know the successful the process of recovery requires for its successful consummation, the, Self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, and why? Because this builds humility, right? It makes us take a good, honest look at ourselves, and it it makes us accept who we are. You know, if we I, I sponsored a lot of people, but I don't want to assume that I know how everybody comes into program. But everyone I know came into program as a big victim, blaming somebody else for their life myself included. And I can slip into that victimhood very easily. I can slip into blame, especially when I'm with my, you know, my husband, my spouse, and, uh, and my 15-year-old twin boys, who can be a handful at 15, turns out, they think they know everything. So try, try giving them a little advice. Boy, you're going to get it right back in the face. So, you know, I came in as a victim. Blaming pretty much everyone, not me, for all my misery and looking for company. My misery wanted company, it wanted vindication, it wanted validation from you. And then I came in and when I started really working the program, I realized that, oh no, the gift of this program is we do not vindicate, we do not validate, we do not, we don't, we don't tell people how to behave, but we help each other with ourself searching we help each other look at ourselves honestly and that is what recovery does recovery changes me it helps me to see that i create my problems i create my resentments i create it because i create my thinking and so often i would just think you know thinking just happens I don't create my thinking. And maybe it does just happen. Maybe thoughts just pop into my head, but there's a certain amount of conditioning. There's a certain amount of historical thinking. There's a certain amount of um, conditioning through religious upbringing. There's all kinds of things that influence our thinking. And then we develop our belief system all around that. What's right, what's wrong, based on all of that upbringing conditioning and the thoughts that pop into our head. But Recovery helps me to see, and the 10th step is the method, the process, the action that I take to be able to see that I create my own problems. So the tool of the 10th step enables me to continue through my recovery. Once I get through my history and my past, and my fourth step in uncovering all the crap from the past stuff's going to still come up of course it's going to come up every day life life is going to throw a curveball at me right and so stuff's going to come up and so the 10th step gives me the opportunity to look at the true source of all my problems and that's my thinking that's my belief system and that's what has to change so in 2016 when I rested on my laurels because I got through all my recovery and I lost all my weight and I was doing service and I was a speaker on meetings, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't do my 10, 11, and 12. In fact, I didn't even finish my last three um, amends, you know, and I, I got this idea that I've done enough. I did a lot of amends, but I didn't do my sister, my brother, and my husband, the two hard, the three hardest. And what happened? I rested on my laurels. I didn't continue to go through self-examination and I relapsed and that's it. That's the simplicity of this program. If I don't continue to work this daily, be in fit spiritual condition and continue to examine myself and continue to build humility and take responsibility for my actions, my thinking, my, what comes out of my mouth, then I'm going to relapse. I'm going to relapse into, I I might not relapse into food. I might relapse into food, but I might relapse into, um, you know, bad behavior, you know, and it's simple. This program is simple. It's not easy. It's simple. We read that in the big book, but I want to complicate it. I want to figure it out. I want to ask why I want to know the stuff. I want to do it perfectly. And when I don't do it perfectly, I want to beat myself up about it. And you know, it's all that figuring and thinking about it and, and figuring out. It's really simple. Continue to seek and search, do the self-examination, find out where my thinking is off, change my thinking, surrender my thinking, ask for my thinking to be corrected, ask for help with my behavior. And that's being in fit spiritual condition. The um, one of the important things to remember, it says right at the end of the 10th step, love and tolerance is our code. And that includes love and tolerance for myself. Because through this process the one thing that i've learned in 9 years and and i, I don't know i had how many relapses i think i had two or three relapses early on including the one in 2016 which was the last you know i used to really beat myself up you know i fell and i and and, and the worst thing we can do is not have love and tolerance for ourselves for this process it takes time to get through this. It takes time to build the, the ability to examine oneself and be honest and admit and accept. That's one thing that um. in the, uh, I want to read you something from, this is in the 12 and 12 on step 10. I love this paragraph. For the wise have always known that no one can make much of his life until Self-searching becomes a regular habit until he is able to admit and accept what he finds and until he patiently and persistently tries to correct what is wrong. That is, again, another very loaded sentence. Everything in there is so important. You know, I can't make much of my life until self-searching becomes a regular habit. That's our daily practice of, of step 10. And until I can admit and accept what I find. So whatever it is that I uncover about myself, I have to accept and admit. First, I have to admit I'm self-righteous and I still am very often with my husband. Do you know how many times I got to back off and stuff a sock in it? Was that 10? Yep. Thank you. So I have to admit that my character defects, which I have laminated on a bookmark, but it has my assets and my liabilities, right? So looking at my assets, I can say, oh, I'm a good listener. I'm empathetic. I'm tolerant. I'm optimistic. I'm dependable. I'm confident. These are truths about me. And my liabilities include perfectionism, self-centeredness, self-righteousness, self-reliance, all these words of self, self-pity, judgment, criticism, you know, I have to be able to admit and accept that these are part of my, my full character. And so I no longer have shame around saying, damn, I can be self-righteous. I can be right and tell you how wrong you are and how right I am and how to run your life. It's, it's part of my nature. It's, it's what I surrender every day. So I'm not without fault just because I got nine years of really good work in this program done. I can still fall prey. And when I fall, I get up, I brush myself off, and I still look at my assets and say, okay, I am this too. I'm kind. I'm tolerant. I'm a good listener so that I can present to myself the whole truth about me. Um, so in the, um, in, on page 85 in the big book, this is just, Ugh, oh, I'm sure everybody's big book looks like this on page 85. I don't know if that's coming in very well you know, just highlighted and starred and, and circled and word circled. And just this paragraph, it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. You know, I rested on my laurels and it stopped working. And when I get sponsees, a lot of times I get people who have been, you know, really struggled with, with abstinence because, you know, so I get the people who've, who've, um, who've relapsed a lot and been in a long time and just can't get it. Right. And what is it? We stop doing what works. We all have done it. You know, what works? The, the book works. And, and if I'm and if I'm through my nine steps, then am I, am I in the book with somebody else? I get a lot of calls, I get a lot of outreach because I do a lot of speaking and I try to take every call and I try to you know, fit it all in my schedule but I always have a sponsee that I'm taking through the book, okay? So I can do all the outreach in the world but if I am not refreshing my practice of this book all the time, then I'm resting on my laurels. And if I'm not doing self-examination, All the time, doing my 10th step, as I'm working with a sponsee, I'm in self-examination because as I'm teaching, I'm reflecting on my own behavior. How am I doing there? How am I doing? Because, you know, I don't want to rest on my laurels and go, I've been at this nine years. I'm doing a pretty damn good job. I've been in a lot of those years. And, you know, except for one day here and there when I, you know, I fell down and didn't get up, you know, we don't rest on our laurels, but that's where we do falter. And when we do falter and we fall on our face and we break our abstinence, get up, dust yourself off, and get back on the phone, right? It's hard to do it. Why? Because we don't look at our assets. We don't look at our progress. And this step calls for us to look and examine. Self-examination includes assets and defects. So... What, uh, what this paragraph also says, what we really have here is a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Whatever your belief is, I call my higher power, my higher consciousness. That's a new term for me this year. I have, have tried on different words for a long time. That one works for me because I know that I am connected to this higher power. I know that it's a part of me. So I look at my lower consciousness, my ego consciousness that operates in the world and that is is full of my character defects, is full of my judgment and my self-righteousness and 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 my idea that I know how to I know your path better than you do or better than your higher power does. So that's my lower consciousness and my higher consciousness is that which is connected to my source. That which is there to keep me in connection and in my assets of being loving and kind and generous and tolerant, especially with my husband. Um, And then also have it, did I get a five minute? Yep. Okay. Thanks. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to uh, my, my, an example. So my regular daily resentment is, um, is about my husband, you know, my husband Uh, So, so one of the ones that's pretty regular is there can be days without connecting to me. And I'm a super emotional, super connected person, need a lot of connection, need a lot of emotion and attention. And uh, he's got ADHD and he gets focused on something and he can be there for a week. And I don't know where the hell, who am I, who am I, you know, and I get all bent out of shape. And the cause is, you know, He doesn't connect with me regularly. And so I resent it. Now, one of the things in my 10th step I look at all the time is what's the historic nature of this resentment? Because oftentimes what's happening in the present moment is, is just something that was triggered by something in the past. What's the historic nature? And I've learned that I have a core belief about who I am. And I did some work on that to figure out what that core belief is. And historically, I'm the seventh child of 10 in an alcoholic family. And I raised myself. Nobody paid attention to me. Nobody raised me up. They said, oh, Marie, she's she's so aggressive. She'll take care of herself. No problem. So I have a core belief that I don't matter, that I'm not enough. And this is what gets transferred in my resentment, in my tenth step to my husband. If he's all focused on something for days at a time, I just get mad because I don't matter. I don't matter to him. I'm, you know, I'm not enough. I've married the wrong person, blah, 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 right? And, and in the past, pre-recovery, my reaction would be blame, victim, self-pity, I married the wrong guy, and, and it would end up in rage in a big fight, right? And today I can look at it and work through all the columns and say, how am I being selfish? Well, I, I'm being selfish because I want him to be somebody he's not. And how am I being dishonest? Well, is it true that I don't matter to my husband? Really? He's been married to me for 20 years and I don't matter. And how am I being self-seeking? I withdraw from him. I blame him. I rage. You know, I want to get attention. And what am I afraid of? I'm afraid that I don't matter. There's the historic nature. And when I can take that fear and look at it, I can develop some compassion for myself and for him. And when I can admit, okay, I'm all these things. And I can accept without shame. I'm all these things. Then I can let go of that. And in the past, when I would rage and withhold and not speak to him for a week, if he wasn't giving me enough attention, now I can speak up and say, hey, I'm feeling really disconnected and unloved. I need some attention, man. You need to, you need to take me out. You need to buy me some flowers. I need to, I need to get some attention. I need, your, I need some hugs, man. And what do you think he does when I rage? He bolts, you know? What do you think he does when I said, hey, I need some hugs and I need, I need a date night? Well, you know, it's just, and it's, what is it? It's all me. It's all my thinking. And it all comes down to what's that core belief I have about myself. So in this 10th step, if I can get to the historic nature of my core belief, what's my core belief and how did I get that belief? And that's what I surrender. That's what I give to my higher consciousness. That's what I give to my source and say, I got this. I admit it and I accept it. And I don't know if you can take it away. I don't know. I'm going to ask you to take it away and I'm going to believe you can, but it's come up again and I need you to take it away again. And I need you to free me from this, my thinking and my belief. So Everything comes down to fear. And in my in my 10 steps, I always end each resentment with a fear inventory. So I go right into what's the fear? I don't matter to my husband. So I take that and I put that on the fear inventory and I walk right through that. Because everything comes down to fear. I'm afraid I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not getting enough. I'm going to lose something that I think I got or I think I need. It's all about not enough. So if I can get to that fear and what's under it all, then I can get to that underlying cause and not blame my husband for who I am, because I'm the one who created that thought. I'm the one who created that belief that I don't matter. So uh, I'll just end with, uh, I'm super grateful to be here super grateful. Love this meeting and uh, love to take any questions. It's a very short time for a 10th step. Um, my, uh, you know, my recovery is uh, contingent upon my fit spiritual condition and my daily connection with that power that we all have. And we all, you know, the program tells tells us that's the solution connection with that power. So peace, my friends. And thank you. Thank you so much, Marie, and
0: um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share, or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a time for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speakers ask a question, please allow three minutes for the answer.
1: Awesome, first up is Victoria.
2: Hi, I'm Victoria. I'm a recover compulsive overeater and insulin manipulator in Florida. Great to be here. Thank you Marie so much for your service and sharing with us. I, this came up on a phone call this morning with a fellow who I really value their um, experience, strength, and hope, I should say. And curious to hear your thoughts since it is on the topic of if I'm doing the spot check, I'm doing, I'm taking the nightly review of what were my spot check inventories. But when I noticed that that relief that I was getting temporarily, it's less and less, and it's, you know, more of like a more chronic uh, life issue that shows up over and over again. Just curious uh, if you have experience or um, thoughts on that that you might share if you had an additional few minutes. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Victoria. Um timer, are you gonna let me know when I'm done? Um, so yeah, that's, that's such a good question. Um, The way I look at it is life is always going to throw me hard balls. You know, it's just going to always be throwing curveballs at me. And there are those things that are very deep and those things that are very old that I hang on to. And if I can't get to the underlying cause and my core belief, my core belief about who I am, what is that core belief? Mine is I don't matter. And if I can't get to the underlying cause, meaning what's that historic nature of the problem. So um, sometimes that takes more digging and sometimes it has to show up a bunch of times because it's so prevalent in my life. So I do get that a lot with my husband. You know, I'm, I'm pretty clear on the rest of my life. I'm pretty, I'm pretty darn good in good relationships, but damn, that is, that is a that's a relationship that God has put in my path to make me grow. And and it's the same thing. I can easily get triggered with that core deep re- belief that I don't matter to him. And it is from my upbringing. I can't change my upbringing. I can't change being the seventh child. I can't I can't change having, you know, siblings that are 15 months apart from me and you know, as soon as I was out of diapers, I was on my own, uh, you know, it um, I can't change that, but I can keep examining it and keep going deeper with it and working with somebody who can help you dig deep like me, call me, you know, we'll do some deep work on it, you know, and and to just recognize and admit that, you know, I'm a long time recovered and I'm not under an illusion that, that all of a sudden, everything's going to be great with my husband all the time. It's going to come up. Do I know how to handle it? And do I know how to handle it in a loving and kind way without rage and withdrawal and all of those things? I know that the big book tells us these things, we get freed from these things. And I believe it happens, but I believe sometimes these deep, hurtful, painful past things take time. I'm not through them all, but boy, have I made progress and boy, can I get to them faster and boy, can I let go of them faster and surrender faster? So, um, that's what I have to say. There's my phone number. giving me a call. Text first. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mary. Um, okay. Next up is Gwen.
3: Hi, Gwen. I'm a compulsive here. Thanks, Marie, for telling, you know, talking about the 10th step tonight. I really have, you know, been working on this one myself. And I've had a hard time, like, catching myself in the moment. And it's only, like, after I've already, the, the train has already left the station that I realize that, oh, man, I'm overreacting and I'm already, you know, so far gone. How do I stop myself from progressing like I have? I have kind of a similar issue with my husband. He also has ADHD. And I mean, I often forget that he has this condition and I expect him to react like normal people do. And when he doesn't, I I get upset. So uh, I think there was a question there. (laughs) Just how do you catch yourself, I guess. But thanks. And I'm uh, really glad you were here.
1: Gwen, that's such an awesome question. So, um, and I do have an answer for that. I, it may or may not work for you, but um, I, um, I did a, what was that podcast called? I did a podcast on vision called The Pause. And, uh, and in that, I said, uh, you know, really sometimes, first of all, We have to have patience. You know, it says it right in the big book that we just have to have this patience with ourselves for these changes that take time. Right. And so remembering and celebrating that, that, Oh, I caught it. I'm in the middle of it. And I caught it. That level of awareness and clarity didn't exist before. You didn't even know about it. So that's something to celebrate. Now, can I catch it a little sooner? That might take a while and that might be the next step in the process, this long process of recovery, right? So pat yourself on the back and, and uh, cheer yourself on. You caught it, you, you caught yourself in the middle of it. Now, how do I stop and how do I back out? If, and I used to, this used to be a problem for me all the time because I'm so reactionary and I'm so emotional and I would just explode, right? And so early in recovery, I would think about the pause. You know, we pause and we ask for an intuitive thought or action, right? We ask for help. So first of all, I can set my alarm, which I did early in recover eight times a day. My alarm went off and I would have a little God message on it. You know, did I pause? Am I checked in? Uh, Have I surrendered? You know, anything, anything that I needed for that day. And it would go off every hour because I had to build a habit. It's practice. I got to build practice into this. And so if my problem is I don't pause and I react, I can write that eight times goes off. You know how crazy that made me for two years. That thing went off every hour, asking me a question, triggering something that I need to practice. And also, you know, if I catch myself in the middle of it, I could be yelling and just, okay, stuff a sock in it, man. I would run into the bathroom and I'd shut the door and I'd lock the doors and I'd just sit on the edge of the tub and just wait for myself to calm down. And, you know, I was a crazy woman. I was an insane woman. So wherever you catch it, you can practice what the next thing is. You know, we want to be at the end. And what I have to do is realize this is a step-by-step process and, and it takes time and it takes practice. And so, Give myself credit for the process and the practice and where I am today and how far I've come while still encouraging myself to lift that weight one more time. Do that thing one more time. Set another alarm to remind myself and also set an alarm to celebrate what went right today. Thanks, Gwen. Thank you. Is it Marie or is it Mary? Marie.
0: Okay. Sorry, I apologize for calling you, Mary. Okay. Next up is Paula.
2: Hi, I'm Paula. I'm a compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. This is little Rocky. Um, Marie, thank you so much for telling me about the meeting today. I I don't know what this meeting is. I have I, never heard of it and I'm so glad. That you told me, I'm so grateful to be here because I needed to hear that so much. And what I have, I have trouble catching myself. And I, I'm going. I'm take. I've been taking notes for the past 20 minutes. But um, my question is, when you catch yourself, I wrote down some of the things that you asked ask yourself, what am I afraid of? How am I self-seeking? But can you talk about what what questions you ask yourself when you pause?
1: Hi, Paula. I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad you're here. Um, When I pause, my first thought is straight to my source. And, and oftentimes when I think to pause, I just quote the text, you know, like for a long time, I had sticky notes everywhere. And, you know, the one sticky note would say, we pause and ask for an intuitive thought or action. So what is, what is my next action? What intuitive thought do I need? Where does intuition come from? My, My intuition is what I believe is my channel, my communication channel to my higher power, to my higher consciousness is through intuition. So I hear direction through intuition. So for me, that's the communication. And so when we ask for an intuitive thought or action, I'm going straight to the source and saying, I'm really stuck here. I just, I just raged at my husband or I just did something to my kids or whatever, what, whatever it is. And I need help. That, that's almost my first response. I need help and I need intuitive communication. So first I have to quiet myself down. There's always time to do an, a 10th step. And a lot of times if it's not a really, you know, something that causes rage in me that really triggers something that's, that's a historic pain, um, then sometimes I can stop right away and I can go, okay, who do I resent? Okay, I resent the kid. Why do I resent him? Because he never does anything. I tell him to do, he doesn't do his chores and he never listens to me and he's always got ear pods in. Okay, um, you know, I can just get right to it. So what's that affecting? You know, first I might say, well, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid he's going to grow up and be a bum. Okay. How's that going to reflect on you, Marie? Because aren't you really just afraid of how you're going to look? You know, can I admit what's really going on there? What are you afraid of, Marie? So anytime something's going on like that, if I first just pause, ask for intuition, ask for guidance, and then I say, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid is going to happen if you don't get your way here? Because that's all I want. I want my way. Why? Because I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I'm not doing enough. Something isn't right. Something isn't enough. So what are you afraid of? What's not enough here? Your family's not enough. Your son's not enough. Your husband's not enough. It's because I'm not enough. It's because somehow it's connected to I don't matter. I'm not enough. And so asking those hard questions and just even just being able to sit and meditate on them. I mean, I love to write, so I'll sit down and, and write up the answers to those, but even to just, I mean, you can sit, see me sitting with the door locked and on the edge of the tub going, okay, I'm a train wreck. I need help. What am I afraid of? It all comes down to fear. I hope that helps, Paula. So good. Thank you. I'm going to stop the recording.